This is the Mind Body Detox Podcast, where we discuss all things integrative health and wellness, interviewing folks from all over the world, sharing insights and wisdom on how to live a healthier life in mind, body, and spirit. Welcome back to another episode of the Mind Body Detox podcast. I am your host, integrative intuitive medium, Kara Lovehart, and I'm back with my partner, Maddie, Matt Suter. Um, he is going to be joining me again for one more episode after this, and we're going to be talking about the story of love today. Mm-hmm. How did we learn about romantic love? What are the stories that we've been told, and how does that shape who we are today, and how we in- engage with romantic dynamics? Mm-hmm. So Matt and I, of course, grew up in the '90s, where the Disney princesses and all that stuff was like a big thing. So I know Beauty and the Beast was your thing. Yes, is your thing. You love Beauty and the Beast. Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, another favorite. I, of mine, I yeah. loved Aladdin. That mm-hmm. was, actually Aladdin. I think was one of my favorite. Mm-hmm. Aladdin and uh, Little Mermaid, mm-hmm. and then Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. So I was a big fan, of course, Pocahontas. I love her. But like we learned, of course, about romantic love through these stories. Sure. So as children, mm-hmm. and then, of course, when I hit my teenage years, it was Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. And then for the kids that grew up in the 2000s, it was the Twilight movies. And where where are we getting these different intense dynamics that we're seeing Um and of course, now, uh, if you're a fan of the Outlander series, uh, oh my gosh, you have to you have to watch them. It's a great book series. It's been out. Um, but then we have Claire and Jamie, which are the main characters in that show. Mm. So there's so many different types of love dynamics that we see, but it seems like they share a common theme when it comes to the storytelling world and the media and how they're portrayed. So let's talk about romantic ideals. Yes. So it's important for us to remember that there was a time and a place uh, that um, romance wasn't really a thing, that people came together, that marriage was for the transfer of property or to, um, to join people together, families together, those sorts of things, um, that our modern understanding of love and romance originated um, in the uh, in the medieval age of Arthurian knights of uh, of King Arthur and the Round Table and all those things, uh, where we start to see these expressions of love. Now, that's not to say that there aren't love stories, but the the modern day present understanding uh, was really founded in that period of time. Uh, it's when people started to do crazy things for love it's when we started to go above and beyond uh, perhaps to our own peril yes and so i think that it's important to understand the the roots of these concepts because ultimately we're playing a role and if we don't understand the bigger story that we're playing this you know, at role this character in uh, within our dynamics and relationships that ultimately we are maneuvering uh, somewhat in the dark um, you know, modern day weddings are a great example of that, the sort of lavish display of having a big wedding and you're wearing a big white dress and everyone's dressed up really fancy and everyone's having this big dinner and all of these sorts of things. These sort of markers of wealth, they were a, they were basically part of the demonstration of this is a good family to join. This is, you know, those sorts of things. So these things that have become commonplace 
for us to have a big engagement and to have a, a wedding party and an engagement party and, and all of these things. Um, all of this stuff is the result of royalty joining together and people sort of pining after that uh, validation. So all of that romantic ideal, the thing that seems to be part of the bigger story, the Disney story and all of that stuff, that there's a reason why it was a Disney princess that was having all of this stuff happen to her because she was royalty. All I keep thinking about this whole time you're talking about is that Jim Gaffigan bit. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to share that in the show notes. Oh, yes, I know which one oh, you're talking about. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He's, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can't even remember the bit exactly, but he's talking about exactly that. Right, exactly. Like, your father and my father. He's yeah. saying basically, like, our families should maybe exchange property. How mm-hmm. about you guys get married? And, yeah, then he's talking about Disney princess mm-hmm. weddings and on how we really... Uh, are modeling off after that exactly i mean who doesn't want to be a princess for a day and that's the beautiful thing about it is it gives us the opportunity to to or a prince play pretend to be able to step into and live the life for you know a period of time a very expensive day right exactly but (laughs) but of course very often in those situations we get so swept up in the preparation that the event just flies by and before we know it it's over and we've missed the whole opportunity you know there's plenty of little um suggestions of taking mental pictures as you go through the day to hold on to and those sorts of things but ultimately if we don't understand that there is sort of this aspiration that is beyond the concept of love that that is more about the display you know that's really where all of these romantic ideals come in and so we look for you know one day my prince will come um that you know or my or my soulmate right we're gonna talk about that right with soulmates uh, twin flames all these sort of romanticized ideals that we look for the pursuit it's the idea that this person has you know, conquered impossible odds to reach us, and that validates this relationship and makes it special. Um, even the, down to the classic ending phrase of "and they lived happily ever after." You know, that normally happens just after the wedding. Uh, every they live happily ever after, but then what happens in twenty years? You know, <laughs> so the that idea of again what we talked about in the previous episode, the idea of permanence that we expect that this love is going to you know last forever um and that that idea is not love that's not what we're talking about there uh but again we're limited by the language so we have to use that word uh, to talk about it but that's it's important to understand the roots of these romantic ideals not to say that they're bad or wrong not to judge them in that way but simply to have an understanding of where they're originating from and the more that we can understand the backstory the foundation of these things that we hold to be personal goals or personal aspirations then we can also understand our choices that we can consciously choose rather than just following along with the cultural programming of what it's supposed to look like and who you're supposed to be. I mean, can you imagine if your parents set you up with, right. you know, your, your, your spouse? That and then, was it. it. Exactly. And then, <laughs> of course, you have eyes for someone else in your town or you made a connection or you made these different types of love we talked about or maybe someone that you were in love with. Mm-hmm had the same love languages or that you wanted to receive Mm -hmm. you know things that we talked about a couple episodes ago so i think that is a really fascinating thing yes and i know it does still happen in the world of course but i think that that draw that longing it's almost like that's the mysterious um 
the forbidden love mm-hmm. at that time because you're not supposed to. You're supposed to be with this particular man or woman. Right. And that's part of a st- plenty of stories as well. The idea of, mm-hmm. of those star-crossed lovers that they're supposed to be with someone else, but the situation just isn't lining up. Romeo and Juliet. Right. These families are not to be together. Right. They are feuding families. And yeah. They're not going to share their wealth together, so you guys cannot be together. Mm-hmm. Of course, it all makes it the more... Um, exotic and alluring right of course it's forbidden the forbidden fruit is always the most alluring but i think that also uh, as a as sort of a a setup for this episode some people might need to um bite down here and listen because we're going to address a lot of things here that are the foundation of so many people's understanding of what love is and maybe we might say a couple of things that crack that dream, that perception a little bit. But ultimately, once again, the more that we know, the more that we can understand, and then we can choose these things rather than being herded towards them, towards what we feel we're supposed to uh, be or what love is supposed to look like and all those sorts of things. Right, because it, it again, it, it does potentially create some more opportunities for us to have um, expectations, mm-hmm. and if we are aware of them, then we can not have to experience as much fear or heartbreak. Yeah, then that's a really big deal, because we'll start off with twin flames. Right. Let's dive into it. Mm-hmm. Let's dive into it. That's actually how you and I met. Sure. Was I met my supposed twin flame, mm-hmm. and it was like the universe aligned this person to come into my life. It was intense. Mm-hmm attraction right it was that love at first sight it was that oh my gosh this person is the one that i've been waiting for Mm -hmm. my prince has come Mm -hmm. and even sitting down i brought my first oracle deck and i was sitting down with this person the first time they came over to my house i said let me do this little thing i got these little oracle cards can i do like a three card spread for you and just see and the first card i pulled out was the card that said twin flame and of course i'm like oh my gosh this is meant to be and Mm -hmm. everything else is aligning up so of course with that idea Mm -hmm. rooting itself deeper into my psyche and of course having this intense connection the intense um, erotic connection emotional connection uh, adventure the 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 play all that stuff was really there Mm -hmm. um and even intimately it was really amazing and like fireworks so, not just coupling that into your brain, you are completely dosing yourself with a whole bunch of dopamine. Absolutely. You're a, like, literally, that song, we might as well face it, you're addicted to love. Mm-hmm. You really are. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't make it bad. It doesn't make it wrong. It makes it another experience in life. Mm-hmm. A beautiful experience. Absolutely. It was the most beautiful experience. But, of course, what I did not know at that time when a lot of other people who experience what they term meeting their twin flame, mm-hmm. the word flame is the biggest word it's there. Very appropriate. We're yes. going up in flames together. We are feeling so much passion, so much fire that you you said maybe with third degree burns. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk about this this idea, this mechanism, even psychologically. How does this happen? Why do we? Why do we? When we do meet that person, if that's part of your life journey and you meet someone that you would term your your twin flame, sure. what's going on there? I think that it's the, um, the experience of that initial uh, first contact, that infatuation, that, that magnetic attraction that's happening there. And very often, it's because two people are at a point in their journey that 
the expression of one fulfills the desire of the other. And it's important to differentiate between desire and needs because needs are something that help to sustain us. Desires are something that entertain us. And so Twin Flames, I think, really dives into that concept of this person seems to push all my buttons. And very often later on in that dynamic in that relationship, those buttons continue to be pushed and perhaps that becomes an uncomfortable thing. You know, at first it creates friction and friction, of course, is always wonderful when it comes to those dynamics because it creates the potential for uh, that that love, for that, that lust and all of that wonderful stuff that happens in those relationships. But ultimately, um, it's important to remember that when it comes to twin flames, to this concept, it is a romanticized ideal. It's something that people look for, that they're waiting for. Right. right. And, and especially uh, in the spiritual circles, mm-hmm. you feel like you've done something right when you met your twin flame. Sure. You know, yeah. and I mean, to the point where we got matching tattoos on 11 11 2011, and our tattoos mean the gift of perfect light and mm-hmm. this infinity snake on our hand. It's like mm-hmm. in super intense. Right. And it was like, we believed with strong conviction that that was the truth. Sure. And that's all part of that experience. But for it people. was the truth at that time. And that's the idea. That's Absolutely. Because that was the experience. Right. But when we talked about the last episode, that if you don't give room for love to grow. Right. Right? Right. Exactly. And you're expecting it to be that same type of love the whole time, and mm-hmm. it doesn't have space to grow. Mm-hmm. That's when you start getting that volatility that Twin Flames experience. Yeah. And a lot of times they are... Whether or not you're attracting something that was representative of a partner or a parent Mm -hmm. or somebody that you wanted to love you in a certain way and they never were there or whatever it is that's coming up. Whether or not you're attracting that person because they're fulfilling a desire of having a parent in your life. Mm -hmm. That maybe they reflect a parent because that whole dynamic is very interesting. Sure. That we attract our parents. Mm -hmm. Someone that was like our parents. So it was really fascinating to me is my twin flame was a very strong correlation between my father and Mm -hmm. my stepfather. Mm -hmm. Almost like you could take the two personalities and put them together and go, wow. Right. That's really interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's really common. It is, yeah. That that's the the Oedipus and Electra complex. And we I, acknowledge those components of the people that we experienced love in the first place with uh, in our partners. Very often, those are the things because they feel familiar, and that familiarity is very often the the bed for love to, right. to be able to grow. Um, but when it comes to this concept of twin flames, it's really more about the idea of how we can interact with another person. And that flame is talking about the intensity of that interaction. And whenever we're talking about intensity, we're inevitably talking about limited uh, interaction, that we become a firework rather than a candle, that yes, that firework is far brighter, it's more beautiful, it goes up into the sky, and it creates this loud noise and this beautiful aftermath as we watch these colors dance through the dark. Um, But it's not going to keep you warm. It's not going to be something to help you along your journey more than for the moment that it exists in the sky. Um, It's the candle is the thing that burns in the long term. It's the thing that helps us to see in the dark, to be able to stay warm. It's that the difference between those two. And again, it's not to talk about one is better, one is worse. Right. It's simply that they're different experiences and they serve different functions, different roles in our journey, in our experience of the totality of love that we experience over the course of our lives. 
Well, if you are someone out there that's like, well, I met my twin flame. I'm with them. Yes. I, you don't actually need to think that, oh my gosh, this isn't the right thing and maybe right. I shouldn't be doing this. Right. Go along for that ride. Experience it. Go along for right. it. It's amazing. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people I've talked to who have the same experience of meeting their twin flame is the concept of you meet your other half. Mm. And I think when that tar- starts to turn volatile and you start to recognize, wait a minute, I need to love myself. Yeah. You're recognizing a part of yourself, a part of the divine, a part of the eternal part of yourself in that other person that you're looking to integrate or cultivate maybe characteristics like your, you know, of your, that you need to cultivate within yourself. Mm-hmm. I think that that's very interesting when we start to see that. Yeah. And I think that's the gift that that dynamic has. Absolutely. It it shows us the capacity that we have to experience the intensity of love. It really is a beautiful thing. And also, how do we love ourselves? Because mm-hmm. ultimately, when you have that dynamic that comes up, and it's so intense, and it's so addictive, yeah. then what comes right after that? The fear of losing it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the fear of losing it can create all sorts of destructive behaviors in the relationship dynamic to yourself. Mm-hmm. And you know maybe becoming codependent, or not ever wanting to be away from each other, or being jealous, or whatever comes up. Yeah. And that's, again, that's holding on to love. It's gripping it tightly, not giving it what it really needs to flourish, which is that freedom we talked about. Yeah, and I think that life has a funny way of reminding us, because in those twin flame situations, very often people become conjoined. You know, they're joined at the hip, and they don't want to be apart from one another. Um, And they're they're all over each other. They're just in so deeply in this love and lust and all of this stuff for each other. But life wants to always remind us that no matter how much it seems like you are on the path with someone else, you are always on your own journey. So that's an important thing to remember, even if you are in this stage, if you're in a relationship that feels like this twin flame, that life is going to bring along this realization that this person is not providing this connection for you. They are showing you that you are capable of this connection with yourself. That is what that firework is illuminating when that twin flame uh, starts to burn. Right. And some people might be thinking, well, I'm with my twin flame for 20 years, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe that person isn't what Again, it's a spiritual term that mm-hmm. someone made up, that yeah. we made up to describe these experiences we have as human beings. It does, I mean, these terms are very loose yeah. because they're interpretive. Right. You know, like the definition of twin flame means this versus soulmate means this. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. you can't get black and white with these things. Sure. But I would say, in the general definition of what we in this term call it, the twin flame is that person that helps you to meet a part of yourself that you never saw before, learn to love yourself, it's intense, and a lot of times it doesn't end well, a lot yeah, of times. Right, absolutely. Right, But if yours is not, hey, I didn't not end, we're doing good, we're doing fine, mm-hmm. it may be, may be more of what we're going to talk about here next is a soulmate relationship. Mm-hmm. So do you have anything else to talk about with the twin flame relationship No, I think that it's, it's just important to remember the impermanence of all things, to enjoy the experience of, of that, intensity um, to go along for the ride, as you said. That's a really good way to approach it. Um, But don't hold on to anything because like we've talked about previously in the other episodes here, the moment that you start to hold on to that love, it's no longer love. 
Right. But it teaches you about love, again, another yes. layer of yes, love. Yes, exactly. Because when you do start to put um, love in an external box and say, that's the other half, mm-hmm. that's not love. Right. Because that's saying right. that it's separate from you yes. and that you need to have it. And if you don't have it, you're not complete. Right. And that creates the potential fear that it could leave and you won't be complete again. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is the part of the story we tell ourselves, the story of love in these dynamics of the twin flame yeah. story yeah. that is, I think, toxic. Mm-hmm. And that's really what we want to talk about. Like, you can still be with your twin flame, but it's not your other half. Yes. I think it's that person that reflects the totality beauty in who you are. Mm-hmm. You may have loved someone for the first time, the most deepest love you've ever experienced, but because of that experience of love, that intensity of that, you can now take and direct that intense love towards yourself. Sure. Mm-hmm. You never experienced mm-hmm. it without them being a catalyst. Right. How much more amazing can love work than to show you outside of yourself how much you could love yourself mm-hmm. even more. Yeah, and then of course bring that type of love, maybe not just their maybe not necessarily the their erotic part of it, but that intensity and that depth of love, bring that to all other relationships. Sure. And and, and even strangers in, mm-hmm. in the way that you would just just loving them peacefully and being present with them yeah. the way that you would with that person that you felt right. in the past right. was your other half. Mm-hmm. You know, if we can look at everyone that we encounter as that is a reflection of the God self, the, the other self, the perfection we talked about in this last episode. With that type of love, especially if you've been initiated mm-hmm. through this intensity <laughs> of the twin flame dynamic, that's an amazing gift to the world. Absolutely. And to yourself. Yeah, vicariously. So I hope we don't upset too many people out there, but I've been through this. <laughs> sure. And that's, of course, when we, when you and I met. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was that. towards the, you know, and it was, I had, I actually really went through a lot of, mental health issues because of it. Absolutely. It really, really messed with me. Sure. Because I was like, well, the universe said, and all these synchronicities came up, and it, it felt like it, it really did confuse me. Yeah, and that that's the I one. I thought I did something wrong. That's the common thread I see with it people does who happen. talk about the twin flame thing, yeah. that, that at some point, inevitably, um, after that flame has been extinguished, the person focuses so much on the absence of that flame that they miss the whole point of what has been Absolutely. illuminated by it. Absolutely. That was really, it was the dark night of the soul. It was sure. turmoil. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. wait a minute. And meanwhile, I was developing this relationship with you, which wasn't a firework. Right. It was that log that was burning mm-hmm. really strongly and just consistently and stable. And it was, I'm not, I'm going to go anywhere. And mm-hmm. that was a different type, a different layer of love. Yeah. And I'm so grateful that I got to experience my twin flame before I met you, mm-hmm. my soulmate, mm-hmm. because now I'm able to love you even deeper. Mm-hmm. And I'm able to love my friends and my family even deeper because of that experience. Of course, yeah. So it's um, it's really amazing. Yes. It's really, really amazing. Yeah, of course. So let's talk about soulmates. Yes. I want to talk about when did you find out that you had met a soulmate in your life? What was it like? How did you know? I don't know that I... For me, my experience of life is always um, spaced. It's it's a it's a gradual building process. So I don't think that it really ever hits me. It's more the idea of if I look at a dynamic with someone, a relationship, a, a history, I can say, yeah, those. It it seems like no matter what happened or what the choices were, everything continued to align in the direction of this person. Um, 
And I think that the more that we can understand, once again, that this concept of soulmate is a romanticized ideal, yep. but we can understand how we can utilize that language effectively to say that a soulmate is really just someone who serves as a perfect reflection of who we are that they reflect back they're they're just the right sized mirror to show us all of ourselves right you know and they're a really great companions yeah um, whether they're friends or romantic mm-hmm. and they they are in your life it feels like for a reason sure and i think that if you've experienced a soulmate relationship and dynamic there's a recognition there mm-hmm. a lot of times um not always but sometimes there's a recognition right away like I know you. Yeah. How do I know you? Sure. And I know for me, that's part of just for me being intuitive too. That's part of how I, when I first meet someone, if I know them, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I know you from somewhere, and we can't figure it out. Mm-hmm. Every single person that I've ever met that that's happened when I first met them, they've been in my life and are still in my life for a long time. Sure. It's mm-hmm. almost like my calling card from the universe says, this person's important. They're going to be in your life for a long time. There's an imprint of them being here already. Get ready for some fun stuff with them. And it doesn't always mean love and not like having lows and stuff and not having fights, but it means this person's in your life mm-hmm. and they're not going anywhere and you're going to learn a lot together and you're going to experience ups and downs together, but you're going to be companions mm-hmm. on whether it's business companions or romantic companions or friends or or even in your own family. Because mm-hmm. in my own family, I have a really particular relationship dynamic with my sister that is like a soulmate. Like mm-hmm. I feel much closer to her. Um, because there's just a lot of commonality in the way we think, and and, and that's one of the characteristics of soulmates, mm-hmm. that no matter how long it's been since you've seen them, it's almost like you're flying along the same journey, learning similar things at similar times. Sure. Or, you know, just lagging a little bit behind each other, but it's like, I just went through that, me too. And it could be, you know, six years, ten years from when you see them, and when you see them, it's just like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, it's there's this longevity there's the uh, pragma the long-standing love right. kind of dynamic is there mm-hmm. and uh, so i would love to hear a little bit about your dynamic with your soulmate um when you met him it's been a really long relationship yeah and you had shared that you kind of go through the same like learning stuff yeah that's very interesting there's there's a, a common pattern that tends to happen but i think that What's well, interesting because you guys are very different people. Yes. Like most of the time, that's why I want to bring it up because people are like, well, we're not the same. We have the same ideals and the same activities we like to do. But you guys are very different people. But even so, you still follow a trajectory in your life sure. of learning these certain things. Yeah. Yeah. That's That really does summarize it. It's just that idea that we're, we're on very similar paths with things. And that gives us the unique opportunity to be able to support one another and provide perspective and experience you know, and uh, not to say that this is how it's going to go for you, but this is how it went for me, and this is how I handled it, or this is something I thought about after it was all over that maybe might have made it a little more um, skillful as I navigated the situation. Those sorts of things. So essentially, it's just about support. It's about being there and and um, rooting for the person, doing what you can to you know help them along, contribute, and and understanding that that intention and uh, action is reciprocal, that it's given back to you uh, without tally. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I know we're not going to go into like the concept of past lives and things like that because I think that would be like a different episode because mm-hmm. we have our own take and like particular perception on what that actually is. Sure. I think that's a really interesting concept. But I feel like another thing that people do talk about with soulmates when they talk about the definition of it, they say, we've been together for lifetimes. Mm-hmm. Do you know you've ever heard that? Yeah. Or, or I know you. Because, mm-hmm. you know, and then some people even get detailed. They're like, we were sisters or yes, we were right, whatever right. in a past life. Um, so I think that's really interesting language that we use around it. Mm-hmm. But I would like to kind of bring up this concept just to think about that, again, soulmates are there to be companions in our life mm-hmm. and to help us to learn and to help us to grow. And if we're thinking about us, again, this soul, the eternal part of ourselves that is is living forever, that comes and and wants to learn a lesson in this particular earth school, right? If we're we're looking at it from that particular belief system, Mm -hmm. um, that's really interesting because what about the people that are maybe also soulmates, meaning they're here to be companions and to teach us things and help learn, but aren't the ones that we get along with? Mm -hmm. What about the concept of people that are soulmates that they're there to teach you in a way that maybe you aren't liking. Like, what about that concept? Because I think that's something we're looking at, of course, romanticizing things, and then we're looking at the story of love here. But I want to just bring that as a concept to think about. Are there people in your life that continue to aggravate you or that continue to really test your boundaries or things like that, and they're always there? Or if that person comes up in a different dynamic, like you leave your old job and then the new boss you have is similar. Mm-hmm. I'm always curious of looking at it from what if that person's a part of your soul team? They're a soul mate in a way that they're there to teach you love through having boundaries for yourself. True. They're there to teach you love through um, you having maybe better self-talk or learning how to love or communicate better to that particular person. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that concept because we only think of soulmates as the people that we get along with. Right. right. And I think that looking at someone as a potential, someone especially who aggravates you, as what if that person's a part of my soul team and they are here to help me to learn? Yeah. And maybe that's learning, having boundaries, and not actually being around them. Mm-hmm. You know? Because if I don't learn that, then that same type of person's going to come up, a different soulmate, saying, well, you didn't lose a learn lesson here at this job. Right. Or with this relationship, here's another one for you. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a cool thing to think about. Yeah. I think that when we are talking about love in its totality and our understanding of it, as we've sort of been going through the progress of our understanding of love, it's important to remember that these are terms. Again, they're words that point towards a concept. So, try your best to analyze, are you looking for your soulmate or are you looking for a person? Are you pursuing the title? Are you pursuing the idea of, I've got to find my twin flame, I've got to find my soulmate? Or are you looking for a person? And as you look for that person, you can then retroactively say, I think this person would be my soulmate or my twin flame. And as I said, you know, from my perspective, at, at least, I feel that when people are wrapped up in the romantic ideal, that the title becomes more important than the person, than the relationship, than the dynamic. So try to be mindful of how caught up you are with the language, with the ideal, with being the Disney princess, with you know falling in line with these stories of having your own magical tale, 
you know. And because ultimately what we're doing at that point is we're trying to control or manipulate a situation to create our desire rather than our need. And that's when we step into an unhealthy expression of these terms. That's when we get so hyper-focused on the idea rather than on the person, rather than on the reality. And so within my perspective, within my uh, vocabulary, my vernacular, I don't use the words twin flames or soulmates Mm -hmm. because I feel that it becomes limiting. I feel people become obsessed with these concepts. And the Course in Miracles book, it's really interesting. They talk about love. Special love is Mm -hmm. actually really a separation from the higher self from God, from whatever. And I think that when you make love special, Mm -hmm. then you start to put it in your hands and you start to grip it and squeeze it tighter and tighter and tighter. You limit what it is. I mean, love in itself, just experiencing it all the time in all the different ways you can and the different ways we've talked about, the love languages, the different types of love, it's there all the time. It is free. Right, absolutely. So it is special in that in that sense, mm-hmm. love is special as it is. As it is, yeah, <laughs> and not segregating it to this box right. or that box. This is a special love mm-hmm. versus this one. Mm-hmm. This one's better than that one. Yes, that is where we create separation, right? And that's no longer love. Exactly. Yeah. I, it, yeah. I mean, again, it's still an expression of a type of love, but it's not the experience, experience of right. it. But it's not the different. It's not the expanded full spectrum. Right. Of what we're looking at right. again there so yeah so again we talked about the language of love the six different words in greek um the five love languages the experience of love how we learned about love and how to love as a child and then we talked about the story of love with twin flames and soulmates so now in our next episode stay tuned we're going to talk about the life of love my favorite part yeah it's a really expanding out expanding out expanding out Mm -hmm. so all right guys well thank you see you in the next episode and be well until next time my friends Thank you for listening to the Mind Body Detox podcast. We wish you wellness and health in your mind, body, and spirit. And be well until next time, my friends.